Welcome to CBS LA Uncut, where there's so much more to the story. I'm CBS Los Angeles anchor Pat Harvey, and each week we'll take a look at a story you've seen on the news and go deeper. More interviews, more insight, and more information. Now, in this episode, we talk about the story of a 32-year-old man who refused to let his hoop dreams die. And after an unheard of 10 years in the G League, the NBA's minor leagues, Andre Ingram finally got his Laker call-up. What a great story for the Lakers. They signed a guy, Andre Ingram, who has spent his entire career in the G League. He gets his opportunity to fulfill his dream playing for the Lakers tonight. Andre Ingram spent 10 years, nearly a third of his life, scraping, clawing, sweating, working, refusing to let go of his dream of playing in the NBA. Most don't last that long. Andre kept putting in the work, though, and leaned heavily on his faith that this was more than a dream. It was something he was being led to. After more than a decade and 380 games, the 6'3", 185-pound shooting guard was called upstairs to do a traditional end-of-the-season exit interview with his head coach and general manager. It was traditional, right up until the Lakers president of basketball operations, Magic Johnson, walked in. The Lakers documented Andre's journey and posted videos of his exciting few days on YouTube. Obviously, always, I know this was your sixth season with us, and. Um, you've been great on the court, you've been great off the court, you've really helped out our guys in the locker room and I think you know that. Um, so we're very grateful to have you. Thank you also for, I know we're supposed to meet tomorrow, yeah. um, but we had to move the exit meeting up to today because uh, the LA Lakers want to call you up <laughs> and sign you for the rest of the season. I wonder why those two big guys <laughs> are back here. Wow, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Welcome to I appreciate Lakers. that. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you, boss. Well, yeah. you know, just come on tomorrow and get ready. Yeah, that's okay. all there is to I it. Want wow. that, I want that 48%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, trust me. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Head coach Luke Walton was there to welcome him as well. What's up, my young guy? Big man. Good to see you, boss. Appreciate you, man. Well deserved. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate We're that. We're excited to have you. Yeah. Have your shooting. Mm-hmm. Get you out there for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, you just found out. They just told you right now. Today. Yeah, just now. Something, man. Now that was April 9th. The next night, Andre was at Staples Center getting ready to square off against the NBA's best team, the Houston Rockets. He was finally living his dream. Announcers from Spectrum, Sportsnet, and TNT welcomed him to the NBA. Some NBA players just playing out the string. Andre Ingram is not. Spent 10 years in the G League. Monday he got the call up to finish the season with the Lakers. On its way, down it goes. Welcome to the NBA, Andre Ingram. Makes his first try. That is awesome. Andre played 29 minutes and finished with an incredible 19 points on 6 of 8 shooting. Head coach Luke Walton gave him the game ball. How long have you been in the G League? 10 years. 10 years? Hell of an open night. Yeah. 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 Y
Well, turning now to sports and a Cinderella story tonight for a Lakers player that proves it's never too late to get in the game. CBS2 Sports Director Jim Hill joins us now. This is a heartwarming story. And this is one that puts goosebumps on all of us for he and his family. You're right again, Pat. That's for sure. Yesterday, the Lakers called up 32-year-old Andre Ingram from their G League affiliate, signing him for the final two games of the regular season. So get this. After 10, 10 long years and over 380 games in the G League, Ingram finally made his NBA debut tonight. CBS2 Sports Director Jim Hill caught up with Andre and talked to him about his huge debut. So have you calmed down just a little bit now? Yeah, I've been uh, actively trying to force myself to just, you know, relax and uh, treat it as a game day. That, that part has been fairly easy to do because that's the job. That's the task at hand is to play a game, and we're here to try to compete and win. So um, calming down a bit, yeah. You're talking like an established veteran. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's just uh, what I believe. Uh, you know, I believe you, you're here to play games and uh, the stories and, you know, my story in particular is is, um, is a good one and I'm glad it's inspiring people. Um, it began just playing hard and, you know, just uh, doing what we're here for, to play a game and to compete as hard as you can and give it what you got. So I'm, I'm thankful it's turned into this. You were in the G League for so long, a decade, 380 games. Did you ever think? You're going to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I kept coming back. Um, I, I genuinely felt like it was it was going to happen. Um, I, I felt it could happen each season, and when it didn't, at times it was a bit rough. But to keep going and to be encouraged by so many others um, to help me to stay on the path and try to keep going, uh, that was big for me. In just a very short period of time, you realize the the stories that people are comparing you to like the, the Rockies and all these other stories, the dream come true, because your story is one that movies are indeed made of. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to be more aware of it. Um, I, I don't have much social media, to be honest, um, and so it's been easy for me to stay away from that part about it, but to hear so many friends and loved ones um, letting me know just how big the reach is, it's amazing. It's amazing. So uh, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's humbling. It's humbling. How's, how's the family taking it now? Yeah. Well, my wife is trying to get used to this too. We, we, we're like, you know, we said to ourselves, what is going on? You know, mm -hmm. we, we, uh, we're trying, man. We're making it, but we're uh, grounded and, and grateful and humble. We, we're good. Yeah. It's almost like it's a dream, but this is a dream that has and is going to come true and stay true. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's the plan. You know, we're here to... Uh, continue on. You know, all I got is tonight. We'll make the most of it, and we, you know, when it's over, you continue and try to strive for more. Uh, that's that's the goal here. So yeah, that's the goal. Thank you, man. Good Thank luck. You. The next night, and the Lakers' final game of the season against the Clippers, Ingram played another 35 minutes and led the Lakers in assists. Now, with a story like this, I wanted to know what Jim Hill thought of Andre's journey. Have you ever seen anything like this before? No, Pat. You know, we've seen a lot of great things in sports. Uh, and I've participated in a, a lot of great sporting events when I played in the NFL. But something like this uh, with Andre, uh, he's, it's amazing. 32 years old, 10 years, 10 years he toiled in the D leagues. He made $19,500 or something like that. So I've never seen anything like this before, and it's really one of the feel-good stories of the year. There's no question about that. You know, Jim, a lot of people, including myself, had just been hearing about a G League and exactly what that is. So... 
for you to say he spent 10 years, does this ever happen for no. somebody to be brought up? And for the Lakers, no. for goodness sakes. He, he was with the Lakers minor league team for the last five years. And to toil in the minor leagues for 10 years, that says you have a lot of stick to mm-hmm. you, um, this is you. This is your dream. The dreams do come true. <laughs> and we're real happy for him because in this 10-year period, you know, he had his wife. And it just goes to show you that the strength of their family is with his bride. That is for sure. Oh, but, but you know, Jim, when you say this was his dream come true and mm-hmm. he stuck to it, whereas I know you know a lot of guys and maybe women as well that would never stay with something for 10 years and not get picked up. When you're talking about wanting to play professional mm-hmm. basketball, is that a correct viewpoint? Or Yeah, but, you know, basketball is one of those sports that, that young men play, and in particular young African-American men play from the time they're five, six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. So you can go any place and find a court. You can't go out and play golf because it's too expensive and it's too large. You can't go out and, and, do, and do some other things. But ba- there's always a basketball court. You can always find a court, and that's what he did. And he just this was just his dream, and, and I know while it was his dream, it was, he, there was no way he could accomplish this without his family, and in particular, uh, his bride. She was right there with him. She told him, you keep doing what you want to do, and we're going to stay right here with you. Uh, and that, you know, that's amazing. That that's is some truly, support you yes. can't buy, isn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> you better believe it. Well, he went from who was Andre Ingram to now, I mean, he's played for the Los Angeles Lakers, for goodness sakes. What's the reaction around the Lakers organization, the league, around the country? Well, it's really positive and upbeat because um, sports is about – Oh, achieving those things that many people think you can't achieve. The Lakers were just really happy. They told him they were going to have an exit interview. At the end of the season, you have your exit interview. Mm-hmm. And so the D-League said, you know, we're going to have our exit interview. But, you know, Andre, you come. We're going to have it a day early. So you come a day early and, because we have some other things to do. So he goes this day early. And he knew something was strange because he saw Magic and Rob Palenka <laughs> in the next office. He said, well, you know, why are they here? And that's what they informed him. Uh, that uh, that they were going to do that, and he was just—I mean, he, <laughs> he, he was—he was lost for words. But he went out and proved his worth when he went out and and uh, against uh, Houston and against the Clippers, he had a, he had a really good game. And against Houston, he scored 19 points. Yeah. And that's when we all said, "Oh my goodness, who is this? <laughs> What's going on?" But uh, we're we're all happy for he and his family. We hope that he he gets a shot to be with the big club next year. Okay, so we have to wait next year. Yeah, we have to wait to see if they're going to sign him. But you see, what he did was he proved to the Lakers that their faith in him, you know, paid off. Mm -hmm. So what they're going to do next year is give him um, more of a look. I know he's he's 32, he'll be 33 years old, but this is a great story. And this is a story that they like to have in Hollywood. And here. here we are in Hollywood. So this are. is one. This is one of those. One of those stories. So we're all looking forward to, to him coming because he, he's very mature, and on a young team like the Lakers have right now, they need some maturity. Mm-hmm. And here's a perfect person in, in Andre Ingram. Well, you know, you talk about Hollywood. I know you, and I know you like your movies. I know you like your books. So let me ask you this: If you had to pick something that the story reminds you of, what would it be? Rocky. Ten Cup, Dennis Quaid and the Rookie. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's a, that's a good one. 
How about, yeah, Rocky's a good one. Rocky's a good one because uh, with Rocky, no one picked him. No one thought he could do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it was just tried and tried and tried and failed and tried and failed and tried. And then pretty soon, the big coach in the sky reached down and touched him and said, ding. <laughs> he got you know? that knack out. <laughs> yeah. All it takes is just one break. And, it's, and that's really all it takes uh, in life because that's what sports teaches you. Sports teaches you a great deal about life. You can fail and fail and fail and fail, and all of a sudden, bang, it happens, and it just opens up a whole new uh, era and revenue for you. So um, I, th- I think that that rockiness, that he, he te- he's been teased a lot about Rocky. It's, it's amazing you would, you would mention that. They tease him about Rocky because he's been knocked down so many times. Mm-hmm. But he came up and he, uh, he finally came through, and now he hopes to uh, be with the Lakers and help them win a championship. Okay, we hope so too. CBS Network correspondent Jamie Ukis sat down with Andre after his two games with the Lakers to find out how it all went down. Can you walk me through what it was like to find out you were finally making it into the NBA? Yeah, you know, and I'm sure I can't capture the true emotion of it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going in, it's an exit interview. I'm thinking I'm leaving the next day. My bag's already packed. I'm like, you know. Like, were they really again. already packed? They were already packed, yes. My room, I'm living out of a suitcase currently because, uh, yeah, I didn't feel like unpacking the stuff. So, yeah, I'm just living out of the suitcase. But, yeah, I'm packed up, ready to go. And so they call me in, and, you know, there's cameras following. So, you know, that part's a little weird. But our GM had told me beforehand, it was like, these would be some cameras. They want it for the website, so don't be alarmed. I'm like, all right, cool. So we head upstairs, and it's usually I just meet in their offices and, you know, with the head coach and GM. This is different. They take me to a big conference room, and a little bit more people are there than just our GM and coach. And, and then Rob Falink and Magic walk in as they're talking and doing an interview, and it, that was it. It was, it was crazy. Did it start kind of making sense to you that something was going on, yeah. or were you sitting here like, I'm going to get punked? Well, well, at first, you know, when Rob and Magic walked in, they, they were just standing there, you know, didn't say anything, and I'm just kind of listening to the interview. And then our GM was like, well, we had to move your interview up because you've been called up to the Lakers for the last two games of the season, and that's when they came over and, you know, congratulated me. What a, what a feeling, yeah. It was it a feeling, yeah. or were you just so shocked that yeah. it was like? You know what, like I was telling someone else, there's no way it all sunk in at one point um, or at that point when they told me. Um, I'd like to think it did. But, yeah, I I was full of emotion. Couldn't really let it out. They made me call my wife at the time. They told me she let it out. There was no hesitation there. She let it out, um, and so did my mom. And so that was the real thing that was going on inside of here. I just couldn't muster it up for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I love is that you call your wife. Yeah. And you hear her scream. Yeah. You know, I watched it several times online, and you can actually hear her yeah. through the phone screaming. <laughs> um, yeah, they they called me up for the last two days of the season. <laughs> She's screaming. You guys can hear. <laughs> she was that excited for you. That's so yeah, sweet. She was, and uh, well, come to find out, she actually scared our youngest daughter. So. <laughs> Another scream in that, and I still haven't seen the video, but another scream in that could be my youngest daughter crying because they scared her, you know. She yelled so loud. She was so happy that uh, it scared my youngest. So that was kind of She's like, cool. Mom, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I just didn't know what was happening. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, so did it sink in then as you're talking mm-hmm. to your wife? Like, wow, this is, this is really happening. Yeah, you know what? I think getting to the gym and warming up and stuff, that's like when it kind of all sunk in because 
uh, a rush kind of came over me is I, I tell people is when we went out for the team warmups because then all the crowd is there. When you go out for like shoot around and stuff like that, no one's there yet, uh, at least not too many people. But when you go out as a team, it's like 10 minutes or so left on the clock. So everyone's there now and everyone sees you and, you know, they're chanting Ingram, Ingram. And I'm like, OK, all right, something's going on here. Like this is real. This is happening. Uh, yeah, it was great. You have such a great smile, and it looked like you were smiling the whole time, excited. Yeah. Were you nervous inside too? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a, a nervous excitement, you know, and I, which I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's normal. Um, I, I think it's kind of a great thing to have. Actually, it means you just want to do well, and you want to, you know, show what you can do, and uh, you want to. For me, it was to. I, I had received so much support, genuine support. You can tell when people are genuine. Like, I received so much genuine support, people wanting to see me do well. So, yeah, the nervous energy was, I mean, kind of maybe even more so for them than me. You know, like, I want to do well because you guys really, you know, have poured into my life and really want to see me do well. So I hope it happens. Yeah, and it, it turned out it did. You had a great first game. Yeah, it was it was excellent. It and then was, you had more assists than anybody last night. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's. You know, do you feel good about for. everything? Yeah, I do. I, I, I'm very proud of how I played on the court. Um, and you know, Magic was it was one of the first things he talked about when he congratulated me. He was like, "All right, now I need what you can do on the court." It wasn't, "Hey, man, I'm so proud of you. Excellent, you know, uh, story." It was, "Hey, man, I need you on the court." And to play the way I did, like you said, the first game, obviously. Uh, shooting very well, you know, with, you know, most people, I guess, wanted to see. That was great. Um, but then last night's game as well, that was that was great for me, too, because um showed another side of the game, you know, and if, you know, if you get known as a shooter, then, you know, people close out a little harder. You make the extra pass. Um, guys are open. When you share the ball, good things happen. So I was proud of the way both games went, um, obviously, on the offensive end. But defensively as well, I wanted to see how I, you know, measured up against guys, and I, I felt very good. You should feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I did. I felt I felt excellent out there. So. Can you take me through? I mean, ten years mm -hmm. in the G League, yeah. you're not making much money. Yeah. Yeah. What's that been like for your family? Was there ever a time that you said, "Forget this. Yeah. I'm done." No, you're right. Um, you know, I had to find other ways to, you know, make income throughout the year. Um, but the actual seasons, the G League seasons, they were a joy. You come together and you play with a team, you form a brotherhood, you form family. Like many of the texts, still unread texts, but I've, you know, seen them. I got a bunch of texts I haven't got to yet. But there are former teammates through my 10 years, uh, guys who I've, you know, gone to battle with and played ball with and, uh, you know, met families and become lifelong friends. Like, you know, those are the stories of those 10 years. It's, it is a grind. Sure. It, it's hard work. Uh, sure. But it, it's, it's a joy. It's a joyous ride when you are playing with people, genuinely good people. I've been very fortunate, blessed to have, uh, teammates who were just good people, good, genuine teammates. And, uh, that kind of flowing around me. So that's kind of the energy I have, you know, it, it, it's from all that I've, you know, been uh, a part of and been with these 10 years. So, yes, it was a grind, um, but it was an enjoyable one. And, yeah, the money part, you're right. There was a time where I was like, okay, you're not making much money. You got a wife. You got two girls now. What are we doing here? Um, my wife, I'm thinking, is she going to say, hey, time's up. We need a little bit more. Did she ever say that to you? Never. And 
that was the best part. I mean, that was, you know, huge for me. Had me to keep going. Uh, that part kept me going. People encouraging me to, hey, man, you look great. Keep going. I don't know how you're feeling. I know the season ended and you want what you want and, and it hasn't come yet. Keep going. You're looking great. You're doing fine to believe them because you don't always believe that, you know, when things are not happening. But, uh, yeah, that, all of that, it was so much to keep me going. It's easy to get inside your head. Yeah, it is. And say, enough is enough. Yeah. No, it is. I, I had that. I had those points during those that ten years. Um, really, at, a, at probably the midway point, because at at one point you're losing all the opportunities that you have abroad. I was I was you know offered many jobs abroad and some great offers by other great people, and you know I kept turning them down. And um, why did so you do you, that? Well, I, I felt I was close to being called up. I, I really did. Um, starting in Utah with their organization and then here in L.A., I've had good relationships, not only with the teams, but the organizations, front office, what have you. So, um, yeah, I kept coming back. I kept believing. I kept dreaming. Obviously, it's, you know, if you're in the G League for 10 years, you want to play in the NBA. That, that's, your, that's your story. You want to, um, no matter you know what you're saying. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of stuck with it. Yeah. What did you do to supplement your income while playing in the G League? Yeah, so it wasn't just um, touring, but uh, I also, during the offseason, immediately I train other kids in, uh, in basketball. So middle and high school, I run my own camps during the summer, um, help people uh, train other kids. Like, I, I, I'm staying involved in basketball throughout. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you kind of have your hands in everything. So those are things I do, and, um, yeah, it's been enough to keep us up and keep us afloat. Um, so, yeah, I enjoy that, too. I mean, you know, it's, it's basketball, it's books, and um, I can do that year-round. There is no stop to it. So it, it's continuous for us, and we, so we have something coming in at some point at, every time. So. so it's really um, tutoring kids in math and mm, on the basketball court. Yeah, training kids on the court, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, because so you're I, a natural teacher. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like to say trainer and yeah, tutor. Um, I, you know, people ask all the time, "Are you going to coach?" And you know, I, I, I've never had a desire to. I don't think. Um, but then I you might want to think about that. Well, yeah, a lot of coaches <laughs> say that. You know, I, I will listen or be watching games and hear coaches say, "Well, you know, I, I never wanted to coach," and that's exactly what I'm saying now. I don't think I want to coach at all. I, I like training kids. I like teaching kids and tutoring but I don't think coaching is for me I, I want to be a player you know I want to play so yeah I get that yeah. I think what's remarkable is so many people would have given up yeah. is there something is there a teachable moment for people that they could learn from you on not giving up well you know I mean if not only if it's your dream but you know if you feel led to do something um, it's kind of bigger than just your wants and desires what are you led to do you know I don't know what you know, everyone believes in. I'm cert certainly spiritually led. I am. Um, and I just felt led to keep going. Not only did I want it, it was a dream of mine, but I felt led to keep going too. I, you know, for others, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, maybe going abroad was the best decision for them. I know guys and teammates of mine who, you know, wanted to play in the NBA, especially early in your career. Every young guy wants to play in the NBA. You're fresh out of college. You want to play in the NBA. Uh, you give the G League a, a few years. You give it a shot and it doesn't work out. And you go abroad. Some of those guys did that and made excellent careers out of themselves. You know, like, like there's nothing wrong with that. To, for my story to be the success that it is doesn't mean their story is a failure. It, in fact, quite the opposite. Like, there are success stories as well. And I followed them and, you know, congratulate them on their success. Like, that, that is wonderful for them. Everyone has their own path. This just happened to be mine. So, yeah, if you feel not only if it's your dream, obviously if your dream you're going to push for, you're going to go for it. But 
if there's something more than that and you feel led to do it too, then by all means stick with it. Just stick with it. Yeah, by all means. It, it, it's endurance. Um, I, I think, you know, uh, our G League team this year, uh, we had a special team and we would have, uh, they called it Big Talk. When we were on the road and had long road trips, we'd have this thing called Big Talk. And basically it's just, it's life lesson conversations, like real conversations just to take time on the road. But we, you know, got real about things. And one of the questions was like, if you could give anyone, your, your younger self, one piece of advice or anyone's piece of advice, what would you give them? Mine was in, in one word. And mine was just endure. I mean, and this was before this happened. This was during the middle of our season. You know, we just going along. Just endure, man. It's, it's hard. And everyone hits that point in whatever it is. Not just basketball. Whatever it is. Everyone hits that point. Endure. Keep going. Um, there's, there's light in the tunnel. Yeah. That's a lot of the guys on the G League team look at you like a dad. <laughs> <laughs> so is that an epiphany for a lot of them? Yeah. Or <laughs> do you lead these conversations? No, I don't lead. No, we, uh, yeah, I mean, I, our head coach did. Uh, Kobe Carl was uh, excellent in that. And, you know, this was, like I said, my other G League teams had their own experiences. My experiences with Kobe Carl were uh, quite different, um, you know, and just the cerebral part of things and, you know, conversations and stuff like we had. We, I never had, you know, like this this type of conversations with the team. You're around each other so much, you're usually sick of each other um, <laughs> at some point. But, no, we he, he kept us closer, man, and kept us talking and kind of kept us, you know, being vulnerable and, and you know, kind of sharing your hearts and dreams and desires, um, you know, in, in a form you, you wouldn't normally do. Um, and so I... I'm glad he did that because me being around as long as I have and us having so many young guys this year on our G League team, you know, they, they were listening to what I had to say. Um, and, you know, if, if any, and they've told me that, you know, my, their experience with me has been a pleasure and that they've learned from me. That's the best thing I've done um, for this year. If I, you know, encouraged them and they've told me and I've, you know, have uh, received encouraging words and texts and have got to see those guys before they headed home. That's one of the best things I've did this year to help them. Well, this is such an inspiring moment, not only for them, but for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's got to be feeling really good. Um, I want to talk to you about your wife because mm -hmm. you said she never gave up on you. Yeah. There's a lot of women that would have gone, uh, hello, like yeah. I got two kids, you know, we're trying to raise and feed and get to school. Like this is Great. Yeah. I'm really happy for you, but like, when are we, when are we going to suck it up and do something else? Yeah, no, um, uh, my hat's off to her. I have no doubts about her belief in me, obviously through these years. She was there from the beginning. This was, you know, back in Utah when I'm, you know, probably playing, I don't know, uh, 10 minutes a game, if that for a G league team. So, you know, I mean, even at that time, she couldn't imagine this. I couldn't imagine this. Um, She's been there throughout the entire time. And like I said, like, you go through year after year and, you know, you, it seems like you're in the same place in that same cycle over and over again. Like, how often, you know, does it come up, hey, is, is, is it time, you know, how often would she hint at it? Like, you know, let's kind of do something. Else. Are you going to play again? Or, you know, I mean, but she was always, I don't know, she just enjoyed this, this you know, uh, it, enjoyed the process as much as I did or what, but she kept encouraging me to keep on going. So it says a lot about her. Yeah. It says a great deal about her. Yeah. Um, you know, and holding down the fort with the two girls this year, this season was the only season they didn't, uh, travel with me, um, throughout the year. So, uh, that was, that part was rough. She was by herself and, 
Uh, she was ready for me to come home. The, so it, when I gave her the call and you hear her screaming, uh, it was good news. But at the same time, she was like, OK, well, he, he won't be here again for like another week or so. Uh, so I have to, you know, handle the kids again. But luckily they were able to come out for this last bit. That's what was it like to have them yeah. in the crowd and be able to look over and see your wife and two daughters on the sideline? Yeah, my, my daughters, they are not bashful. Uh, they they will be themselves. I love that. My mom is the same way. My brother's the same way. My dad, you know, when they come to my games and they used to all throughout college and stuff and like they're going to cheat. Like, that's my son or that's my daddy. You know, like they are themselves. They are unashamed of what they're doing. They're unashamed of cheering. They're unashamed of uh, just, you know, expressing their support for me. And I love it. You know, I can't always hear like the first game. I couldn't hear it all. This stands was so loud. I didn't even know where they were. I heard they were moved around and all over the place. My my girls were, I don't know, they were probably more excited about the Laker girls than me. They, <laughs> they, they were with them a lot and uh, cheering with them. So, uh, yeah, I, just, I love having them around, love having them around. Um, do you think maybe it was a hint that your wife kept him in Virginia this year? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I hadn't thought about that, to be honest with you. My wife is, um, she's from the West Coast. She's from Arizona. And uh, I, I was telling people, I think like this summer, because we would always go back to Virginia for the all seasons. That's where we live. Um, I was thinking that this summer she became a Virginian. I like to say she got used to everything. She has her normal routine and things. She's involved in her church there, and she has a week playing out volleyball during the week. Like she has a schedule now, and you know, and this is the the first year. Kind of all those things kind of clicked. So when she told me that, you know, she suggested that, hey, we're going to stay back this year and let the girls get, you know, situated in school, I took it as, you know, she's Virginian now. She, she's not missing home as much. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was the other thing. Maybe she was giving me a hint. Either way, I'm glad I don't have to find out now. We're, we're, we're good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Uh, I don't want to cause a problem. So. No, no, you're fine. No, no, you're fine. Um, Take me through, is your pre-game routine with the Lakers mm -hmm. after being called up the same as it was in the G League? And what is your pre-game routine? So uh, I tried to make it the same, certainly. So you mean like when I wake up? Or right, it, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, I, I did my best to keep it the same as possible, as much as I could. Yeah, I'm, you know, I get up in the morning. I would always, you know, we have shoot-arounds in the mornings. I, I'm an early riser. I like to eat before shoot-around um, just to have something in me. Uh, so I did that um, as well when we when I got to the Lakers and uh, my same eating time I would keep that the same what I ate I would keep that the same um, and it's funny Rob Palenka the GM for the Lakers he actually asked me about that do you have a routine most shooters do so yeah I definitely have a routine eat before immediately after shoot around it's a nap even with the kids and stuff here I take a nap they have to leave me be for that uh you know time and then i wake up and eat i'm up the rest of the time i get to the gym a little bit early go through my shooting and stuff like that but yeah it's a routine it's it, i mean it's, it's it's a game day you know so with all the you know interviews and stuff obviously it was different these last two days um but i was able to make it as normal as possible which i think helped yeah so what's next uh, we're going to see. I have a, I have true exit interviews now, like to kind of <laughs> see the next step. So um, we'll see. But yeah, certainly I'm, I'm going to continue playing. I mean, uh, whether I receive the call up or not this year, uh, what was going to happen this summer as far as my thought process and my goals going into it was going to remain the same. Um, it's going to be a week or two off and uh, then you're right back into it preparing for next season. That that's all I know for certain right now that 
yeah, it's going to be a little bit of rest and then right back to it because, you know, there's still room to grow. There's still room to get better. There's still room to play. I still got some time. I, I feel great. I feel great. So um, I want to keep on going. You want to get called up again, though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I want to <laughs> I want to stay uh, in the NBA, obviously. It, um, it's a dream to make it. Um, to stay um, is even better. There's always something. There's always a bigger goal and bigger aspiration. And uh, now it's to stay. So yeah, that's what we're uh, that's what we're working towards. Yeah. I heard uh, through the grapevine that mm -hmm. you got called up, and now you're taking the family too. Uh, yeah. So they're going to Disney. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my, Everybody's yeah, got to do that. My girls. Yeah. They. <laughs> so when they got here, they got here the day of my first game. And I told my girls, because they've been here in California before. They know the beaches. They know that Disney's here. So I told them, look, girls, I know it's going to be hard, but you got to give Daddy two days. Just give me two days, and then I'll take you wherever you want to go. We'll do whatever you want to do. I have to make good on that now. We're, we're at that time. So, yeah, it's, it's their world. So tomorrow's day. Disneyland. Tomorrow's Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, today is the pool and whatever else we can do around here. It's just spots and things that we're familiar with around the area. So, yeah, they're, they're excited. I'm excited for them, too. Yeah. Did I read that your other passion in life, besides basketball mm -hmm. and your family, is calculus? Well, yeah, mathematics in general. I, I still tutor high school mathematics for high school students and those preparing to go into college, uh, so SAT prep, ACT prep. I, I love it. My dad is, does income taxes for a living. He's been doing it for over 40 years, um, you know, and he's he's in heavy season right now. The reason he's not here, my mom's not here. Because he's doing because, people's taxes? Yes, and the deadline, is, the deadline is near. So there was no way he could make it out here. He's behind because so many people have been calling the house. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're just numbers. Yeah, my brother's the same, majored in accounting in college. Like we, we just enjoy. You have a numbers. mathematical brain. We have mathematical brain, and to keep it going, I love the tutors. I don't forget things. I've forgotten so much I learned in college. It's a shame, you know, ten years playing basketball and not using your degree. You forget a lot of stuff. You know that part I'm not so proud about. But to have the mathematic part of the side or brain still going. Um, as much as I enjoy teaching it and having kids have that aha, I get it now moment. Because that's how math is. You don't get it at first. Someone helps you. And then once you start, once it starts clicking, like you can see like the confidence growing in kids. As much as I love that part, I love staying, that it keeps me sharp, you know, that I get to stay around it. So when you're done with basketball, you think you focus on math? <sighs> you're not be, even yeah. going to think about that right now. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Um, yeah, I mean, when I'm done, whenever that is, I mean, it, it, math is continuous. I can do that for some time. Um, but, yeah, and who knows what else I'll be doing. But, yeah, I mean, I just, as I'm led, I will go. Okay, there's been a lot of talk about your gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> Does that bother you? You know what? Um, you know, it, <laughs> for me, no, at this point, no, um, in, in this season. It's funny you say that, but it's real. Like, it, at some point, I was like, Man, maybe I should like dye my hair or something. Maybe like people think I'm too old. Like maybe people think I'm really old. You know, like <laughs> it, it was a realistic thought, to be honest. Um, you know, like, but you know, I, I kind of felt like, no, I mean, I'm no, this is, I, it, I'm all me. You know, and not like in a way that's like, well, I'm just gonna be me, and people have to accept. No, it wasn't like that. It's just, no, I mean, all right, I got some grades, man. But hopefully, you know, whoever's watching, GMs or you know, NBA guys, like. When you see me play, like, is he moving? Is he keeping up with guys? Is he outrunning guys? Can he play? Forget the, you're like, if you can play, I always felt like if you could play, if you could 
do what they're asking you to do out there in the court. They won't care about it. So that's kind of my thought about it. Yeah, I, I have a lot of gray. It started early. I've had it since like, I don't know, mid to early 20s. Um, it was very early. It started with one patch and now it's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, you know, probably now it's now it's probably like a, a, a thing now. Now I have to keep it, you know, <laughs> I went from, you know, maybe I should go ball, maybe I should diet to no, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. And uh, as long as I can play, I think it'll show and that will be enough, hopefully. And yeah, that'll be enough. Yeah, I think that's what's great about you is that you're authentic. Thank you. But you're you're not like in your you don't have to accept you yeah. right but you're authentic about who you are and I yeah. think that's what makes the story that much sweeter is that thank you're just you. a nice guy. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been told that a lot. Yeah, I mean that that's like a great thing to hear. And then, but like in basketball terms, like no one wants to have a nice guy, you know, because <laughs> like you, when people are trying to win games, like you don't want a nice guy out there, like so. I, I I do appreciate when people say that, um, and I've I've heard it a lot over the last few days, obviously. But um, you know, I I do want them to see that when I play, you know, I I'm, I'm not nice, you know. I like I, I play hard, you know, and you know try to work hard and um, do what's necessary. But you know, to be off the court, uh, I've just been raised a certain way. My parents and uh, my brother and uh, you know just have you know kind of taught me how to live, taught me how to be and. Um, I believe it. They're they're right, and so um, yeah. So yeah, off the court, yeah, you're just a nice guy here, and you know, just on the court, just you know, you kind of have to be different. Um, Trash talk and start throwing some elbows. Well, not no, you know, not necessarily <laughs> that, but no, I mean, sometimes the game requires you to get physical, and you know, whatever's required, it it just happens, you know, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I like that you have to defend that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, no. not, you're not that nice. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. I mean, you know, when you're playing, and again, that's one of those things that you just hope shows because you know people hear about you. Hey, man, he's just the nicest guy, and you know, basketball personnel are like, okay, I don't need him to be nice. I need him to you know help me win games, and yeah, so that's what I you know want to do. Yeah, you know, and you know anybody who's seen me play and uh, hopefully ask around that they know that about me. I feel like for the average person, maybe it's like their wedding day yeah. where it's like you get everything you uh -huh. planned everything in your mind you must have had a plan of like when I get called up yeah. I'm gonna do XYZ or it's gonna yeah. feel this way so you have some idea yeah. and then you get to the actual day and it's like it's nothing like it no yeah it was nothing like that yeah I mean and I you know throughout those 10 years you're right I would think about yeah you know when hopefully it happens at this point in the season I can do this this and that and you know, hopefully, um, you know, with these guys, and I know some people here, so it's not as, you know, that big of a transition and all this planning. And then after a while, I was just like, you know what? You don't know how this thing is going to go because I've watched other guys get call-ups in so many different ways and amazing ways. So I'm like, there's no way they could have prepared for that. There's no need me wasting energy thinking about how I'm going to do or what's going to happen when it comes. You just got to trust that you and be ready when it does come. So, yeah. So I that's think that's an important way. lesson for people. Yeah. Yeah, for I sure. really do. Yeah, we we spend a lot of time and our energies on things that you know will probably not even turn out. Ninety percent of the time, doesn't turn out how you think it will anyway. Just trust that whenever it comes, you'll be ready for it. It's what you prepared for, you know. So yeah. yeah. I like you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> no. I'd love to meet your wife and kids. I feel yeah. like, are they out at the pool? They probably are. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, they, they, they might be. They probably, yeah, I'd love to say hi. I, I just think it's so, um, it's just important for people like 
to hear that you didn't give up yeah. on your dream and it happened, but you just have allowed everything to just happen yeah. the way it's supposed to. Yeah. No, I mean, and trusting, because I feel like a lot of people, they start disbelieving themselves or they start looking at other people yeah. or you can get into a negative place of blaming or getting yeah. angry. Why isn't this happening for me? And you're like the perfect example of just see believe yeah. and you achieve. No, thank you. Yeah. No, I mean that, that it, I live by it, um, to trust it's other than endurance. Trust is the key word for me, which is why I didn't have to, you know, waste my time or energy thinking, you know, this is how I'm going to do it. And this is how it's going to happen. No, I mean, this, however it happens, you're going to be able to handle it. Whether you're faking that to yourself to tell yourself to it. Fake so, it till you make it. Yeah, sometimes it requires that. I mean, I remember the first time I heard it, I thought it was a ridiculous statement, fake it till you make it. It is real. Like, sometimes you have to. Like, you do. Like, sometimes it's like, you know, you have to pump yourself up, encourage yourself, speak over yourself. Um, you know, as we, like my church family would say, speak over yourself. Doubt is natural, you know, but, you know, to speak over yourself, that's like supernatural. Like, speak over yourself. You can do this. Thanks for listening to CBS LA Uncut. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Check us out on social media at CBS LA. Visit our website, cbsla.com, and you can always catch us on CBS2 and KCAL 9.